Welcome everyone to this uh, Alman Overy podcast. My name is Cedric Lindemann and I lead the technology and data practice in Singapore. I'm joined today by my colleagues, Burita Tanachoksopong from the Bangkok office, Prasetyo Sukirno from the Indonesian office, Min Guyen from the Hanoi office and Jessica Dai from the Singapore office. This podcast is the first in a series on data protection and privacy developments in Southeast Asia. And in this episode, we will give a high level update on what's going on in the region. And the coming episodes, we will then be focusing on different jurisdiction each time. Now, starting maybe with the the least obvious of, of changes with Singapore, Jessica, what is going on in, in Singapore at the moment? So the Personal Data Protection Act, or PDPA, has actually been around for a while, since 2012. The PDPA was updated for the first time under the Personal Data Protection Amendment Act, uh, enacted in November 2020, and the majority of its provisions came into force in February 2021, the most notable of which are that there's now a mandatory data breach notification regime. There are also uh, new financial penalties and also a data portability obligation. To take each of those in a little bit more detail, the uh, mandatory data breach notification regime means that when organisations now suffer a data breach, they must notify the Personal Data Protection Commission as well as the affected individuals of that data breach, unless there's an exception. When it comes to financial penalties, perhaps more interestingly, these have been imposed as um, um, as effect the 1st of October 2022, so quite recently. Now, for breaches where the organisation's annual turnover in Singapore exceeds 10 million Singapore dollars, these organisations may be subject to financial penalties up to 10% of its annual turnover in Singapore. For all other cases, the maximum penalty still remains at 1 million Singapore dollars. And finally, the data portability obligation is not actually yet in force. Under the new data portability obligation, an organisation must, at the request of an individual, transmit his or her personal data in that organisation's possession or under its control to another organisation. As with the data protection laws of many other countries in Southeast Asia, uh, these changes bring the PDPA much closer to the GDPR, albeit still with some differences. I think we're probably likely to see even more regulatory changes in Singapore that mirror the GDPR, as the Singapore Personal Data Protection Commission looks to Europe as the way forward in the protection of personal data. Hopefully, we'll also see more organisations taking their data protection compliance more seriously, given the significantly higher fines that are now imposed. That is certainly very interesting, uh, Jessica. Thank you. Now, turning to Thailand, Purita, what's going on in, in Thailand these days? It is a very exciting time because it is the first time that Thailand has legislation on data protection. We also call it Thai Personal Data Protection Act. And it has finally come into effect in June this year, 2022. Since then, there are a couple of implementing regulations and guidelines that have been issued to supplement the Thai PDPA. The overall content of the Act itself replicates most of the provisions from the GDPR, 
So if you are familiar with GDPR, it would not be difficult to digest Thai PDPA. Having said that, there are still some differences that business operators should be carefully look out for, which we can cover in the following episode. One point that I would like to make here is that um, the act itself is not yet fully completed as the way it is drafted, it requires certain implementing regulations to be issued in order to enable the application of certain provisions. For example, the cross-border transfer of personal data, it would still need the regulation to set out details on how the transfer to offshore country should be allowed and the requirement as to the transfer to the affiliate outside Thailand. Because this is very new in Thailand, the business operator expects a lot of changes and need to adjust quite a lot. So they have the act itself have been enacted two years ago. They were provided two years in between for the preparation period. And now they are still in a, a lot of development in this law. So it is very exciting to, to see what will come next. Thank you, Brida. And how are companies dealing with these developments? As mentioned, it certainly brings significant change. So people look out and seek legal advice on how they should implement the law. And given the lack of implementing regulation, as well as the case precedent, we usually follow what European countries do for the GDPR. What we have been advised and we have seen people look out for the advice is the implementation process from the beginning until they can fully implement the act. For the big conglomerate or multinational company, which already have the data protection regime complying with the GDPR, it is not that difficult because, as mentioned, they, we are quite similar to the GDPR. But for the local Thai company, a lot of change will, will need to be taken. For example, they have to um, look into their, their data base, whether they have personal data in their possessions, essentially doing the due diligence and then considering the implementation actions that which um, require some time to, to do. All right. Then turning to uh, Indonesia, Prasetyo, I hear there is a similar big change in Indonesia as well when it comes to data protection. Yes, so indeed, this recently, the 17th of uh, October 2022, uh, the Indonesian government passed the Personal Data Protection Law, and it has been a long time coming. Uh, it's been about five years in the works with you know, perhaps the past two, three years um, serves just sitting as a draft uh, in the House of Representatives. But really, I think there were sort of recent public data leaks for both data stored uh, in e-commerce platforms and those held as well by the government, actually, which you know caused a bit of an uproar and really spurred and um, sort of motivated the government to pass this uh, new personal data protection law. And just as a quick overview, the new law uh, not only harmonizes and compiles existing regulations relating to data protection, but 
it really adds new principles and new provisions that are similar to Thailand, uh, again, similar to how it is adopted in Europe uh, with the GDPR. In particular, um, there's new uh, regulatory body that is to be formed uh, to oversee specifically data protection. Uh, there's also sort of other GDPR-like principles, you know, relating to the purpose of processing accuracy principles, uh, data erasures, and sort of other concepts that are um, sort of quite similar to the GDPR. And importantly as well, uh, this new law has quite some teeth to it. Sanctions uh, can range up to a 2% fine of company's annual revenue. Uh, so it is something that is quite significant that the industry players and public in general uh, have been paying attention to uh, with this new law. Thank you, Prasetio. And, and what do you expect coming out of this regulatory change in, in the coming months, years? Yeah, so the law itself will actually come into force uh, two years from October, so on 17th of October 2024. Uh, but I think in this period between now until uh, the official date of the law coming into effect, there's quite a lot of homework both for uh, the government, uh, but as well, I think, uh, input uh, that are being sought from uh, the players and public in general. In particular, there's um, sort of a few things uh, that we'd expect, um, which number one is actually the implementing regulations uh, to this personal data protection law, because the current law that I mentioned for the most part is still on a broad principle level. Uh, really the meat of the regulations, a lot of it uh, we'd expect to be in the implementing regulations, whether by uh, way of presidential decree or later on the technical regulations passed by the new PDP body. Which brings me to the, the other point is uh, the formation of the PDP body itself or PDP authority that will regulate PDP in Indonesia. Uh, that will obviously also take uh, some time for the government to form, to have it fully effective and running. And I think the last point or sort of the other point that we'd expect to come into the next uh, few months and years is general feedback you know, from the industry players and the public in general. There'll be sort of this push and pull between you know, the public and, and the government in terms of how the regulations will shape up and how the enforcement will be. Uh, because, uh, you know, there needs to be a balance, obviously, between protecting data and the rights of consumers and the public in general. But also, I think, given how uh, Indonesia is as a developing country, there's also the risk of imposing strict regulations that a lot of companies that are not as well-resourced uh, will have difficulties in complying uh, towards. So it is going to be interesting to see in this next few years, how personal data protection law in Indonesia shapes that. And then turning to Vietnam, Ming, is Vietnam also having a GDPR-like law? In Vietnam, uh, personal data protection is uh, a constitutional right, but it has not been reflected in any consolidated piece of uh, legislation for so many years. And instead of that, during that period, data protection is regulated in various law. For example, the civic code, a cybersecurity law, and other law that make 
the regime of personal data protection in Vietnam become very fragmented. And recently, there are two notable updates in Vietnam. The first one is the draft decree on BDPI. In 2019, the government has assigned the Ministry of Public Security to prepare a very comprehensive decree on personal data protection. And it dealing with various matter. For example, it, it gives the definition of personal data principle and requirement for protection of personal data and also uh, how to deal with the cross-border data transfer. And the draft decree has been expected to, to be issued in 2021, but early this year, the National Assembly has also given some further comment on the draft decree. And, and after that, there has been no update on this or any signal on the office or promulgation of this decree. And for this draft decree, Vietnamese authority expect that it, it will be the key solution to prevent and dealing with the current trading and processing of personal data. Regarding the second update, in August uh, 2022, the government has uh, issued a new decree uh, guiding the cybersecurity law, which provide, among other, uh, the guidance on data localization requirement in Vietnam. And uh, the guidance uh, in this decree is expected to promote efficiency of the data localization requirement under the law. In practice, has not been effective in force for several years since uh, 2018. So when you, you mentioned the data localization requirements, Min, how are companies reacting to this um, to these guidelines? Uh, for this guideline in Vietnam, a large number of collector and processor of, of data are offshore service provider like Facebook, YouTube, and Google. And cause the issue of the new new uh, new decree on data localization requirement, then it has effect to the service provider. And also, we think that the service provider also need to consider uh, the impact of the draft decree. And there could be a risk that the offshore service provider may consider other jurisdiction, uh, which is maybe have the more welcoming policy on, on data localization. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Min. I think that brings us to the end for today. As you will have heard, there's plenty of, of changes ongoing in, in Southeast Asia, so quite exciting times to come. As I mentioned, the podcast forms part of a series, so do look out for the next episodes. And uh, with that, thank you very much for your attention. And thank you, Prida, Agnes, Min, Jessica, and Presetio as well for your time today. Mm-hmm.